0: I make a run in my head every day. Every day when I wake up, I visualize me being in the race car, I visualize that tree coming down and hitting the gas and making a run and pulling the parachutes every single day. In order to become a better driver, you have to learn the parts and learn what is happening and watch the cars go down the track. The driver comes in on those split-second decisions. That's where the driver comes in and that is how you're going to make your name out here.
1: Yes, we have Krista Baldwin. Welcome to the Eat Sleep Race podcast. I'm Frankie Five, alongside with me's Hugo ESR. And today we're here at PRI, based out of Indiana, Indy. You know what? It's actually been a mild PRI. Usually when we come over here, it's been really cold. But, you know, I think... uh, I'm in a hoodie. We've been wearing hoodies, so we're good. It's comfortable. So today's <laughs> guest, we have Krista Baldwin from McLeod, KBR. Thank you for having us in your, in your booth. In
0: the booth, yeah. This is pretty cool. Thanks, you guys, for coming. I mean, uh, PRI is always a huge show for us, and it's cool that, you know, I get to mix my 9-to-5 job with race cars. That's definitely true.
2: <laughs> so real quick, Krista, um wanted to see, t- like, tell everybody, like, how... I met you a few years back at World Cup finals. Um, yep. Along with uh, your other coworker, ex coworker.
0: Hey, we'll we'll name drop them. Joe, Joe. Macero. <laughs> yeah.
2: Shout so. out to Joe.
0: Shout out to Jotron.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we met you there, and from yeah. Really, from then on, it's probably been what? That was like six seven years ago i
0: think so yeah it was quite a long, while ago I think you
2: were still in an alcohol car
0: yep card. i was still at alcohol um and then we started you know collaborating and growing the brands together and it's
2: and here we are
0: here we are top fuel time
2: so krista <laughs> t- give us a little background of yourself um how long have you been racing for
0: gosh i've been racing for <gasps> 12 years now i which is not a lot of time i'm not gonna lie but it's uh I started when I was 18, uh, started with a front-engine dragster, and then I graduated to the alcohol dragster, and then now I'm doing the top fuel time. So it's, it's it's been quite the journey. Uh, I feel like 12 years definitely is not long enough. <laughs> I feel like I'm still an infant in this industry, but uh, I've been around it all my life, and just to be able to hit the gas, I'm super proud of.
2: So that's driving-wise 12 years. Um, I know there's a lot of history behind like your name and also your your family's name. Like mm-hmm. You guys have a lot of time in, in racing, I would say, mostly drag racing, right? Yes. So could you tell us a little bit about your your grandfather? Yeah, your
0: so I'm actually a third-generation driver. Uh, my grandpa is Chris Caramacinas the Greek, uh, first to go 200 miles an hour in 1960. I mean, he was the precipice of breaking barriers of like the foundation of drag racing is what my grandpa was all about. And then he continued to drive until he was 92. Wow. 92, you still going top field dragster. Um, That's great. That's a long time. It's insane, yeah, he drove over 70 years. Like I can only imagine driving in seventy years, you know. Like when I'm ninety-two and I'm—he's
1: been doing. You it. know, it's crazy, but when you get older, you know, especially when you're driving on the road, the older you get, the slower you drive. <laughs> yes. But it has to be the opposite because yeah. you want to win, right? So you have yeah. to drive faster. No, so that's he, crazy. No,
0: he kept driving. The actual top fuel car that I drive today is actually the car he drove. And so when he retired, I acquired the car and I got my chance in it. And yeah, he is literally still going 300 miles an hour and he was 92 years old. That's
2: crazy. Wow, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: To, 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 to say the least. So give us a little rundown. Like now that you started from the front engine, licensing wise, that's all different licensing, right?
0: Yes, every car that you get into in the NHRA, you have to make an upgrade. So when I first started, I had to make six runs under a specific time on the engine car when I was 18. Uh, did it with flying colors. And then when I wanted to make my upgrade to the injected nitro car, the top alcohol class, uh, that was three runs after under a certain time. I had to go like 5.6 seconds at 240 miles an hour. Uh, did that. And then when I did the top fuel car, I had to go, gosh, I think something like a 4.2 seconds at 290 miles an hour and I qualified with a 399. Wow so So
1: how did so how does qualifying work does that is that something done during an event or is it done you know when there's not an event like who validates that you ran that time and you know how does that Whole work when you want to qualify
0: yeah so we actually have to rent the track so most of the time it's the Monday after national event because everyone is still there track is still prepped uh the safety safari is still there uh and I actually have to have two other licensed drivers sign off on my license to vouch for, you. To vouch for me so obviously my grandpa signed it and Paul Lidro uh signed the other half of my license so oh it's pretty cool when you have to like go ask someone like hey do you mind watching me drive this insanely gnarly car and you sign off on it yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so you're obviously you're lucky enough to actually have access to these cars yes uh when when it comes to th- th- this class of racing if you didn't have the cars would you and let's just say me i'm off the street i wanted to drive top fuel is that possible
0: it's definitely possible. I mean, uh, the biggest thing in our sport is the financial part of it. But for you to understand top fuel and for you to appreciate top fuel, you need to drive something slower and understand the fundamentals of drag racing, mm-hmm. where you're at on the track, what does, you know, the 60-foot time and what, how you stage the car and all those things. All those little things is really Sometimes it's tough. And you can tell when like a newbie is in the class and they have not raced at all because they mess yeah, up the fundamentals. St- even
2: coming to staging.
0: Exactly. Right? Staging is always, it's half mental and half physical. When you're staging that car, you have to be ready. You stage when you are ready. Yeah. And so a lot of the time people are just like, oh, I gotta they're hurry rushed. up because they're going in. No, no. Yeah. You stage when you are ready because the second you hit that second bolt, and that tree comes down you literally have to drive by the seat of your pants and you have to understand what is happening behind you specifically in the top field car because obviously right. the motor's behind me but you have to understand what's happening there for you to figure out what's happening in front of you for you to figure out where you're at on the track and stay in the groove and when to pedal it when to not pedal it to make splits like Life or death situations, it's and you even, have to make a split de- it's kinda decision. It's kind of hard to see
2: to say split second because
0: it, the it, whole pass it, it, is it, It's what, only three seconds. Three seconds?
1: seconds? That's, <laughs> so. not enough, that's not enough time to think. No. My brain can't think in three <laughs> seconds of what I would need to do. You know,
0: sometimes my brain, I wonder what happens in those three Something's seconds. going on. Yeah.
2: So uh, IQ levels of drag racers
0: uh-huh. is
1: definitely up there. It, it, can't say that. You
0: have to pay attention. Right.
1: So, how, when you, when you, drag, you know, a lot of people like, oh, it's just, it's drag racing. It's simple. You just go straight in a line and, and you just step on the gas and you go. You obviously just explained that there's a lot involved in there. Like, yes. What do you do to prepare yourself for that? Like, for example, cutting a good light. Is there anything that you do prior to, you know, actually when you're competing, things that you could do to help you with your reaction time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest things I do, so obviously I'm not on the full tour, but I go to most of the races with Paul's car. So whenever he's staging the car, I'm staging the car. And then I hit the gas, usually when he hits the gas. So it's just seeing that repetitive you know, light and seeing the flash and seeing the flicker and seeing, just seeing that yellow constantly. And just knowing that your foot has to react the second you see the yellow. But you also can, you know, I have a, a practice tree at home. And I, but the biggest thing that I always tell new drivers is I make a run in my head. Every day. Every day when I wake up, I visualize me being in the race car. I visualize that tree coming down and hitting the gas and making a run and pulling the parachutes every single day. And just so you don't lose sight of it, but on the flip side of that, it just when it amps you up in the morning, it's like a cup of coffee. (laughs) Just thinking about it. Like just driving a nitro car is insane. But uh so you a get lot. that
1: adrenaline rush every morning, basically, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. As
0: long, like I, like I'm just talking about it for what the last two minutes, and I'm already like pumped the fuck up, like you know what I mean? Like awesome. I am ready to go. That's
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> so when I first met you, you obviously it was more McLeod. You're still with McLeod. Give us like the little balance of the work life. And the,
0: <laughs> is I, I there even, a balance? I don't, I don't even know
2: because for you, you you work for a company that is also very heavily involved in drag racing. Yes. It actually has its own drag racing team that yes. you're part of. So is it really work for you?
0: Yes and no. There's some days where I'm like, man, this really sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, take me to the racetrack. But on the other days, I'm selling products that customers can put in their car, and I know they're going to work. And the second I put give you know, whatever clutch or torque converter or whatever it may be, I know that they are going to be satisfied and they're going to get that thrill of what I feel in the race car from their street car, from their drag car, from their pro mod, from their you know super comp car, whatever it may be. But the the balance between all of it is a little tough. I'm not going to lie. So on one hand, I'm the director of marketing for Wharton Automotive Group, which is McLeod Silver Sport Transmissions, Fti, uh, and now Fti Parts that we just debuted this morning at PRI. Uh, but on the flip side, I'm also the general manager for Paul Lee's team, and so I you make. Got three su- jobs. I, uh, yes. Oh, wow. I,
2: didn't, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> so I make sure that the truck and trailer go down the road. I make sure our hotels are good. I make sure we eat. I make sure that Paul's satisfied. I make sure that you know everything goes without a hitch. And believe me, there's some weekends where there's a lot of hitches. So I'm not going to lie. And but only
2: you know them, though. Most for the most part.
0: I, I mean.
2: You you control everything. I try. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I try. And then, you know, just the the balance between those two things. But then again, coming around the corner with my own team and being out there myself and being, you know, the only female top field team owner and driver in the sport. It's like that that part of it also, like, excites me. You know, like I'm doing something that no one else in our sport is doing right now.
2: Right. That's awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. By yourself. By myself. For <laughs> the most
1: important. So Krista, is there there's there's the actual you're a race car driver, you're a general manager, you work in McLeod, Wharton Group. Is there anything else that you do when you're not working, not drag racing in this sport? Do you do do you have any other hobbies or is, is drag <laughs> racing life?
0: Hobbies. <laughs> That's funny. You have to have time for hobbies. I hate to say it. <laughs> some do, some do. No, drag racing is life. I mean I like Eat, sleep, race. That is literally what I do. I do this all day because I want to be in that top field car so bad. I want that thrill. I want that excitement. I want that hustle. Like the hustle part of drag racing is also like a huge passion of mine because it also shows that you are committed to something. And like I have a vision of what I want to be in five years and I'm not going to stop.
1: That's awesome. great. So you have you have a long term goal that you're trying to achieve. Yes. Uh she's also
2: fairly young, so there's, there's a <laughs> long time of
0: Yeah. I mean, Grandpa did it for Grandpa seven years. It, yeah, like, I yeah. mean got <laughs> a long
2: <laughs> way to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: So let's just uh, give us a real quick breakdown of like a race weekend for you. Um the the big thing that a lot of people wanna I feel like they wanna know is it's like cost. People it's always you always hear the rumors oh in order for you to compete you need you know you're spending 200 grand a weekend you're spending 300 grand a weekend god forbid this happens like what is the ideal like how do you budget yourself for that like like a basic you know i shouldn't even say basic um a race weekend for running a top fuel team
0: uh it's it's tough to budget it but uh so approximately it cost me eight to ten thousand dollars a run to make a one run. And that's the, one p- run. That's one run, wow. one run. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I usually budget about 35 to 40,000 a weekend. That's including, you know, hotels, paying my crew, feeding my crew, uh, feeding in parts that need to be fed in. Cause we have a lot of consumables. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like I can go through one rack, like rods and pistons in one run. And I would sometimes have to wholesale the whole thing and change out the whole rack. Wow. Normally if it's a good run and the car is cooperative and you know, everything works out, I usually have to feed in one or two pistons uh, just because it starts scuffing and it just, those are consumables. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that like a, aluminum a, rod is a consumable, yeah. but it is, it, it honestly is. In between the oil and the nitro, nitro is crazy. It's like $55 a gallon and I wow. burn 15 gallons in one run. Woo. one run 15 gallons in Fifteen gallons. In so I, when I warm up it's five gallons I was gonna
2: say like does that include the warm-up no okay so, <laughs> so every run gallons, I'm gallons doing gallons like 20 gallons that's crazy in, Oh my. 20 20 gallons minimum yeah. so yeah. with the with the nitro even even the alcohol cars like the fumes mm-hmm. I remember going to my first NHRA race back in English Town and I was super excited to stand by John Forrest's car. And when they started it, I thought, I, I didn't even know what to expect. I couldn't see, I couldn't hear, and I couldn't uh-huh. see. I felt like I was dying. Mm-hmm. I thought it was and some of these guys are just standing there like,
0: Oh, we got some fans that are just like hardcore and they literally stand there and they smell it and they take it all in. And I'm like, like,
2: by now, are you immune to that? Oh,
0: God, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Because when I started seeing people like
2: put the masks on us, I'm like, that's a serious mask. See,
0: it's funny. It's funny that you bring that up. So uh, I kick it old school. I, I like to do it the way that we've done it for the last 70 years. And so the way that we've done it is no mask. Really? (laughs) So I don't think I've ever warmed up a car with a mask. Even when I warmed up Paul's Nitro Funny Car, where the motor is in front of you, they're like, oh, you want to wear a mask? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Well, that was kind of a mistake because the motor is literally in front of you. (laughs) It's blowing
2: all those fumes at you. But
0: it also, it's so funny because um, when I changed crews and crew chief over the last year, you know, they come from another car. And then they come up to me on the first warm-up. They're like, where's our mask? I'm like, What? What? Mass. You have to bring you your own. are talking about? Yeah. So the next race, B-Y-O-M. they brought their own mass. <laughs> B
2: Y O M. Bring your own mask <laughs> You
0: work all for like, Krista, Yeah.
2: You're not gonna have a mask
0: yeah, that, i that. like,
1: that's a note to sell to wear. They're like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I usually wear a mask. How am I gonna? <laughs> I'm gonna get this car ready.
0: Yeah. So, but it, it's funny. Just that's one of the things that I love when we have new people come into the sport. And like, I'm showing them around or whatever it may be. And I'm like, oh, why don't you stand right, right here? here? I'll, I'll uh, be right, right, here. right back. I'll be right, right here's back. The best place. You know? <laughs> and I leave them there. The guys
2: should, <laughs> uh, we, we've been making the like little stickers mm-hmm. for the ground. So maybe that's what you should do for Ooh, when you yeah. have guests come in. Stand like, right here. Uh, this is for the viewing. Here's the X. Yes, X <laughs> for viewing. That'll be that'll be pretty. Um, speaking on the Nitro, has Nitro changed like the formulas or anything? Like, that? different additives between you know back then to now or is it still pretty much the same it's pretty
0: much the same so the one thing that nitro is unique is that it actually carries its own oxygen molecule. so what you are seeing when I hit the gas and the header flames come out is actually that combustion within the chamber is burning so much faster one because you have a supercharger on it and has extra amount of boost on it but it also the fuel is carrying its own oxygen molecule so it's burning that much harder and that much faster for these cars to propel the way that they do.
2: And now also the common number, what's the number, what's the horsepower number for top fuel drives?
0: Eleven thousand horsepower. Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. And is it different from <laughs> that to a funny car? No, they're about the same. So between a uh, Nitro uh, a top fuel car and a funny car, uh the motor is actually the same. We actually use all the same internal parts. The only thing difference is the chassis. So Okay.
1: To no. know. That's, that's very interesting. So, when it comes to your, your favorite or the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for, memorable time in drag racing, do you have that one thing that sticks in your head when, when it comes to the most memorable?
0: I have a few, um, but most recently, my most memorable run that I've made is we were at the world finals last year in Pomona. Uh, I grew up in Pomona. My dad grew up in Pomona, and I came out with a throwback paint scheme of my dad's car, and it was awesome. All the fans came out with their Bobby Baldwin shirts on. All the old crew guys came out, and they had their starting line shirts on, and I had them all up on the line. Like it was, aw- like it just it, like hit, it hit you in the feels, you know, like all the things. And not to mention, my dad is actually in the sand trap. Like that's where we put his ashes when he died. So oh, like wow. it's all.
2: The, the things for you know,
0: right? So we're getting ready. Uh, it's race day. It is championship Sunday. So I am up against Mike Salinas. Mike Salinas, if he beat, if he would beat me, he would go on to possibly win the championship that day. Like it is down to like two or three runs, and you're gonna name the champion. I'm like, okay, no pressure. I'm here at my home track. I'm gonna have fun. Like I, I that's the whole thing. Is like you got to have fun when you do this, right? So. Man, I just remember Sunday morning, I go out, I do driver intros, I walk across the stage, I wave to everyone. And then every every Sunday after driver intros, I walk the track. I go up there and I stand right where I'm going to stage the car. And I just visualize what I'm going to see, how I'm going to see it. And this is where the sun's hitting that day. And make sure you're looking over here. This is where the groove is. Just you know, mentally preparing myself to get into that space because, like I said, Racing the car is one thing. It's the mental part is tough. Whatever. Putting my stuff on like normal. Get in the car. Of course there's an oil down in front of me. So now I'm sitting in the car for like an extra 10, 15 minutes. Hot. Hot and like you're just going through that run and the heart is again. over and over again and you have to keep your energy up. Yeah. So I have to dip my energy down a little bit because I know that I'm going to sit here for a second, but I'm I'm still like shaking because I'm amped up so much. Yes. Okay, next pair go down the track. Okay, here we go. This is it. I remember hitting the gas and not knowing, because I can't really see anyone, because in my canopy car, the vision, I don't have a a lot of vision. It's literally a tunnel, so all I can see is in front of me. I hit the gas, car's going, it's moving pretty good, and then I felt uh, the car shut off. Because some like the pan pressure went off, so whenever uh, we have a, a sensor in our cars where if the pan pressure goes up, it'll shut the car off it's just to save parts and it just it just makes sense cautionary yep so car shuts off about half track now I'm coasting, and I'm still going like I would have, yeah. miles now, so right? I'm still like going pretty fast well he smoked the tires at the hit i have no clue and i get past the the thousand foot mark i looked over and my wind light was on i'm like no what? fucking way <laughs> and i am jumping and i am this bumping and i'm like this is awesome you know and like i am amped up and it was just that was so, so cool, and I got to do it, and, like, my dad was at the end of the track, you know, all the things, right? So Everything I round the up. corner. Mm-hmm, round the corner. I get out of the car, and Amanda Busek's like, Crystal Ball, I'm over here for an interview. And, like, I'm just jumping, right? And then everyone comes up from the starting line to come pick up the car, and I had to stay back for the NHRA interview. Trade so they all go, I'm crying. Like, I am bawling, right? <laughs> Get done with the interview. Uh, the NHRA guys gave me a ride back on the golf cart. The coolest fucking moment of my life. I make the turn to go in front of the grandstands.
2: Everyone
0: stood up and clapped. That's awesome. Like, it, it's literally giving me goosebumps. That's like, awesome. my hometown crowd is up there supporting me. That's like awesome. that was the coolest moment that I've had so far like the coolest coolest moment yeah, I made mean, that I
1: thought I saw that on your Instagram like the you had you made a little video about that yeah. that day right so
0: yeah I did yeah. I had a whole production done because I knew this was gonna be a special weekend because I had my dad's tribute car and stuff yeah. like that so um, I reached out to a friend her name is Krista as well and she I said look I don't know what you're gonna film but I just want to remember this weekend and then to have her film that part too was us Awesome. And then the same weekend, NHRA on Fox, they gave me a helmet visor. I was the first person in a top-field dragster to have a helmet visor camera, right? Oh, wow. So you can... Now they you say,
2: have footage from that.
0: Yes. <laughs> The yes. second I see the light turns on, you see me pumping in the race car. <laughs> it's so funny. But every time I watch that video I go back to that moment and it's like that was such a surreal cool. surreal moment and I I honestly cannot wait to like have more have moments. More times. Yeah.
1: That's- and everyone yeah. can see that on your Instagram.
0: Yes, yes. If you go guys to my Instagram. Us, go check out Chris's
1: Instagram and you
2: can watch that video. Yes. So from the time I met you to now, obviously you've, you've already been in two different classes. Uh, what's the future hold for you? Like, you know, this season's over. We have 2024 coming up. Like any Anything special or anything
0: like that? Yeah, so this last season uh, was a little bit slower than I normally do. it. I only went to four races in a, t- a top-field car. I went to two in an alcohol car. Um, but it's time for me to get a new car. It's, it's time. I've had this car. It's a... Don Schumacher Racing, Fab Shop 001 car, like the first car they ever made at DSR, oh, I wow. have, you know? And that car went through Corey Mack, it went through Spencer Massey, uh, it went through my grandpa, and now it's going through me. And I, now that I'm pushing the envelope more, and I am finding more funding, I can absolutely push the envelope more, means that I'm going to go faster. And I just don't think that car can take, you know, going a 370 pass. So, I'm in the middle of getting a new car.
2: Okay.
0: Something where I can be consistently in the 370s. Because if you're not running 379 or better, you might as well stay home. Really? The top field class is stout right now. It is so, so stout. I mean, I went down to Dallas and I drove Scott Palmer's car. I ran a 388. I was 20th. Wow. 20th. A,
2: 388.
0: a 388. Yeah. I was a tenth slower than the class. Yeah, like that's it, a big deal. It's insane, yeah. So it just, uh, this winter, i trying to bring all the might I can <laughs> so I can go 370. And that's that was the whole thing is it's like the 370 is the next step. Because I went 381, um, I've gone 322, but now it's 370s, 330 is what we're going after right wow. now.
2: And, and also, you know, we, we brought up the cost before. How much is... I know, you know, we've interviewed a lot of different drivers, a lot of different teams. Like in drag racing, in your, in your lane of drag racing, is there, can you put a dollar amount to like what a 380, like a 380 car is compared to, you know, someone in the, you know, the top five? Mm-hmm. Is, there, can you, is there a significant oh, yeah. amount of money? There is, there different? is
0: because the parts attrition. So when you push it harder, you have to replace those parts more.
2: Okay, so those consumables that you were talking about Yes, earlier. the
0: consumables, the actual hard parts, the clutch discs, like everything changes. You're putting, changes. A, lot more
1: pre- you're putting yes. a lot more wear on those yes. parts.
0: Yes, and so now, like, I've been down up and down the racetrack. I now know how to drive the car. I know how to pilot the car. Now it's time to go faster. And so the cost to it does increase each weekend on consumables mm. because now where i'm feeding in one or two pistons now i'm feeding in a whole rack
2: you, sit, yeah, a whole set. you know what i mean yep.
0: so it that that's the hard part and that's the the part where you have to get overcome the the check paying part of the team ownership role is is tough it is <laughs> not fun when you have to pay those bills at the end of the weekend oh gosh yeah, it's just
2: really like it's like write a blank check but <laughs> yeah I don't, know. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to write the, the actual
1: number.
0: Exactly. And now that I'm pushing the envelope more, I am also pushing it to the point of blowing up more because I'm putting that much more compression on it. I'm putting that much more boost on it. I'm, we're moving the throwout bearing in the clutch that much faster and things tend to break when you start pushing the envelope. So on top of the consumables, it it, it is total chaos Um, on top of the consumables. It's actually the hard parts that I have to replace more as well.
1: Is there anything you could do as a driver to be more competitive? Understanding, yes, you, you know, you're getting a new car. You, you add more horsepower to the, to the engine. Is there anything as a driver that will help you get to that next level as well? Or is it really just the car?
0: It's really the car. The driver comes in on those split-second decisions. That's where the driver comes in, and that is how you're going to make your name out here, is how do you handle the pressure? How do you handle if you go out there and say it's first-round Sunday morning of eliminations, you go out there at 200 feet, you smoke the tires. Are you going to make a decision to pedal the car? So you let, off, let the car come down and then hit the gas again are you going to realize that something is actually broke and that's why you're going slow and if you pedal it you're going to blow it up more or that is what's going to make you a better driver and so in order to become a better driver you have to learn the parts and learn what is happening and watch the cars go down the track and so every time i'm standing on the starting line i am learning i am learning of like okay so that's how that guy stages or however it may be And, okay, so now that I see the tire shake outside of the car, I know what the tire shake inside of the car is, and that was the damage that happened. So it's just more understanding of what could happen, and it's literally like the flight or fight skills. (laughs) You have to decide what you're going to do in that moment.
2: With with the – I'm losing my train of thought. (laughs) <laughs> um, with the drag, with with a uh, top fuel car, right? When when you guys go out, what's the field look like? like how many cars are in the field?
0: Uh, the last two years, have, they've been stout. So usually we get anywhere from fourteen to twenty eight cars for a sixteen car field. And twenty eight being at Indy U.S. Nationals, Granddaddy of them all, the biggest race of the year five qualifying sessions like normally we have three or four qualifying sessions this one's five uh memorial day weekend like or labor day weekend you know what i mean it's just like it's the granddaddy it's literally our daytona 500 or indy 500 like it is the race to be at but it's also the toughest race yeah
2: because everyone's everyone's coming everyone is there for defenses
0: Uh uh-huh everyone is there uh if you don't have your stuff together don't go
2: it's gonna be a cutthroat yeah Yeah. so I I talk to people all the time also about like just in their class of racing are there and there's always like some people that want to push the envelope to the point where it's like you always hear the saying if you're not cheating you're not racing right or you're not you're not winning what kind of cheating can you do (laughs) (laughs) like what is the secret so I know you know back in the day in motorcycle drag racing people were there was all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. People were having like those um, cans of I don't even know what, the cans that you light for the, the sternums. Uh huh. They had that in the air boxes. Yeah, insane. You know, like insane weird stuff that you guys. Like, what is going on? Yes. But. Like, these are all you little can,
0: tricks. Yeah. So you, what kind of can you You can fudge can you do? it. You can fudge it a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I do not, because, one, I do not have the budget to fudge anything. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to lie. But say a crew chief uh, on a championship contender car, uh, they believe that, you know, the the. Rack height needs to be completely different. We need to change the actual cylinder head and for the deck height and whatever it may be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you can do it to an extent, but NHRA has a good regulation, and you can only like push the car so much. Right. I mean, you're already <laughs>
2: that, at, at that. Point, I love <laughs> yeah. you. What kind yeah. of, It's not like oh we got this nitrous line right yeah. underneath so you can't yeah. see it. Like, no. What are you really? That's right. That it's
0: a, the biggest thing is between your clutch setup. Um, and how you apply the power down the track. And that's what you get the crew chiefs for. And that's what they get the money for. Yeah, like they, they know, know they know how to do that. And so like my crew chief, Scott Graham, uh, he tunes Pat Dakin's car, which Spencer Massey drives, and he also tunes my car. And from my car to Pat's car, even though we have pretty much the same 500 cubic inch hemi motor, uh, stage seven heads, you know, whatever it may be, our cars are totally different, completely different of just how yeah just a tune-up and actually the actual chassis are different and that's going to lead your tune-up as well Mm. is actually how much flex does the chassis have you know how much wing does it have and you can adjust the wings and stuff like that to make sure it's more downforce or if it's lighter or whatever you want to do but there's things that you can experiment on but you also have have to have the money to experiment on it yes
2: okay so not too much cheating
1: going on.
0: Yeah. So- no <laughs> fudge <in> for me.
1: Krista, <laughs> you have a nickname.
0: The Greekette.
1: Yeah. So how did that come about?
0: Uh, so my grandpa's the Greek. That is what he's named for. Because his last name's Caramacinus, and that's like a long-ass name. A Greek name. <laughs> yeah. And he's actually uh, the first-generation American okay. born here. Um, and so they just started calling him the Greek. And that's been his name for 70 years the Greek, and so when I started coming out, uh, Terry Youngblood, who is the wife of Kenny Youngblood, super famous uh, drag racing artist, she said, "You're the Greek I'm like
1: oh, okay okay
0: done that, that's that, that is it that is how we got it. the Greek <laughs>
1: that's awesome It's good to hear how, how people get their nicknames <laughs> Remember I, I don't know if you remember, but I remember because I, I, I we had this conversation you know my My Instagram handle is Frankie5. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know if you remember this conversation. I don't think so. And so the conversation was like so back then when we were into import drag racing, there's a guy, Vinny 10, and he ran 10 seconds. Mm. I said, Well, I want to be Frankie 5 because I want to run five seconds. And you invited me and said, One day maybe you could ride in in your car. Uh So holding you on to that one if you ever.
0: Whenever you are ready, sir, (laughs) we will put you in the car.
1: (laughs) I just, I'm. The way he, that you he just wants to explained. do a burnout. Yeah, if just you can burnout. get through
0: the burnout process, then you can take it down the track.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So there's still hope.
0: There's still there's hope. hope.
1: One, <laughs> day. one day,
0: one day. Yeah.
2: One day. So we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Krista, for having us yes, and allowing you. us to use your booth.
1: <laughs> yes. And McLeod.
2: This has actually turned into the McLeod Racing Eat Sleep Race podcast. <laughs> Shout out to McLeod, by the way. <laughs> so we thank really you. appreciate it. Yeah, Paulie. Paulie. <laughs> thank you uh, again. You can follow us on all our social media. It's H C Brace. You got Frankie5. ESR. ESR. Hugo ESR. And
0: Crystal Balden Racing.
2: Make sure you follow us, give <laughs> us a like, share and follow. Spotify, app, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also watch it on YouTube. Later.
0: Peace.